Thank you for tuning into Weathering the Storm podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad, which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. That's scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, our goal is to help us weather the storms of life by looking to and sustaining an unwavering faith in God. Here is your host, Drew Suttles. Hello and welcome to Weathering the Storm, a podcast where we strive to weather the storms of life by sustaining an unwavering faith in God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles. I thank you so much for spending some time with me today as we dive into the Word of God. There's a lot of chaos going on in our world right now, a lot of storms that we're striving to weather. And with that being said, we need to turn to the right source uh, to make sure that we can get through this and come out stronger on the other side. I'm so excited that this podcast has joined the Scattered Abroad Network. And so while Weathering the Storm is on Season 3, this is Season 1 of Weathering the Storm on the Scattered Abroad Network. If you haven't already, please go and like us on Facebook. Uh, Go check us out on Instagram. And certainly we, we ask that you please pray for this effort as we are striving to spread the gospel to as many people as possible. In this season of Weathering the Storm, we are looking at biblical examples of individuals who faced the storms of life and were able to weather them by placing their trust in God. In our last episode, we examined Job. But in this episode, we want to consider the example of Isaiah. Isaiah is one of the most well-known prophets. He is referred to as the Prince of the Prophets. Uh, He is one who uh, we think about, maybe the first prophet that we think about, uh, in that his, his book, that, that bears his name, is one that is composed of 66 chapters. It has been called the Little Bible. And he was highly messianic in his writing, which means he, he had a lot to say about the coming Messiah. But before we dive deeper into Isaiah and think about him and his work as a prophet, we want to discuss prophets as a whole. Because this episode today is actually the beginning of a five-part series that I'd like to do on prophets. We're going to look at Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, and Habakkuk. And those are the five prophets that I wanted to discuss with you and think about how they were able to weather the storm. So I want to provide some background information to the work of prophets. In James chapter 5 and verse 10, we read that prophets were spokesmen for God. And that's a really good way to to think of prophets. They spoke exactly what God wanted them to say. You think about Jeremiah 1.9, his word was in my tongue. 2 Samuel 23.2 with David, his word was in my mouth. And so they were inspired of God to say what they said. When they went and preached, that was not their message. It was God's message. And really the same is true today. Those who preach the gospel, the power is not in the messenger. The power is in the message. And so prophets, their work, they were spokesmen for God. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 38 There's a statement made that says, of whom the world was not worthy. And we think about the context there, and we think about all the heroes of faith. And no doubt, we think about the prophets. You think about how they were so bold and courageous and and went forth and proclaimed the Word of God, even under difficult circumstances. And so I just have a great respect and appreciation for the work of the prophets, which is why I want to do this five-part series on weathering the storm, focusing on the work of these prophets. So let's think some more about Isaiah. He was one of the major prophets as we break that down and and we think about the books of the Bible. Now it's important to remember that 
The major prophets were not more important than the minor prophets. The reason we refer to them as major and minor is because of the length of the book, the length of the text. I mentioned that Isaiah has 66 chapters. Well, you look at some of the minor prophets. For example, Obadiah. You only got one chapter. In fact, Obadiah is the shortest book in the Old Testament. And so when you think major prophet, minor prophet, don't think, oh, the major prophets are more important. That's, that's not the case. They're all important. In fact, all 66 books are inspired of God, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. But it is important to remember that Isaiah is classified as one of the major prophets. I mentioned that he was highly messianic in his writing. Uh, we think about Isaiah 53, for example, or Isaiah chapter 6, and we think about the throne room scene. We think about all the times he referred to the branch. And we, and we know, we understand Isaiah was focusing on the coming Messiah, even though this was 700 years approximately before Jesus was even born. In fact, he prophesied that Jesus would be born of a virgin, Isaiah 7, 14. And so it's very, very powerful to go back and read through Isaiah and then to go to the New Testament and read about Jesus. Isaiah's name means Jehovah is salvation. And no doubt, when you think about the message he proclaimed, that was one that he certainly uh, focused on. He focused on this, this idea, this fact, that Je uh, Jehovah is salvation. He was the son of Amoz, and he lived in Jerusalem. Isaiah prophesied during the reign of four kings of Judah, Uzziah, Jotham, or Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, for a period of about 40 to 60 years. So you think about that. 40 to 60 years of proclaiming what God would have him to proclaim, of being a prophet. And a prophet was both a foreteller and a forth-teller. They would tell you what took place in the past, and they could tell you what was going to take place in the future, all because they were inspired of God to do so. Ancient tradition suggests that Isaiah was cut in half with a wooden saw in the days of King Manasseh. And Hebrews 11.37 uh, may allude to this. As we think about Isaiah and we think about weathering the storm, you know, he had to weather all kinds of storms. But in particular, I want to share with you that he had to weather the storm of religious and political turmoil. And the parallel today is pretty staggering. I am recording this episode on January the 20th, and today was, is uh, Inauguration Day. And I took the time to watch the inauguration because it was a historical moment in this country's history, no doubt. But as I watched it all unfold, I, I couldn't help but think about all of the political unrest, all of the turmoil. And the word that I heard more in President Biden's speech than any other word was unity. Well, it's one thing to say that. It's another thing to practice that. And this country is certainly divided in many ways, but no doubt in the political sphere. And I hope and pray that that will improve all for the betterment of God's people and for the gospel being able to reach the lost. That's what we find in 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 4. And that's really where my political views, uh, that's where it goes right there. Uh, I want to pray for our leaders. I want to pray for the kings and all those who are in authority that we may lead a peaceable life and that God may be glorified. We need to remember what the Bible says about that. But this, this podcast episode is not about that. It's not uh, certainly not about politics, but it is, is important. And it's, it's almost um, helpful to see how relevant this can be when you think about Isaiah prophesying in a storm and a time of religious and political turmoil. And again, we think about America, and that's certainly what we are in now.
the northern kingdom of Israel was going deeper and deeper in sin, especially in the sin of idolatry. And you're going to find a lot of allusions to idolatry in the book of Isaiah. The political power in Isaiah's day was Assyria. And if you remember, Assyria took the northern kingdom of Israel into captivity around 722 to 721 B.C. So you think about the Assyrians, and you think about how wicked and and evil their practices were. This is the climate, this is the environment in which Isaiah was going to be prophesying. And so Isaiah faced a daunting task, but he stepped up to weather the storm of proclaiming an unpopular message to a rebellious people. And dear friends, we live in a world, we live in a country right now, those of us who live in America, where there are so many religious ideas and beliefs, so many have taken the Word of God to twist it to their own destruction, Second Peter chapter 3. There are over 40,000 denominations in our world today, and yet the Bible teaches that we are to be united in what we say, what we think, what we believe. John 17, 20 and following, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 10, Ephesians chapter 4, 1 through 6. If we really want to be united, it must be on the truth of God's Word. But we're going to learn from Isaiah that even when people don't receive it, even when folks want to do their own thing and they don't want to hear it, there is a message from God that still must be proclaimed. Isaiah took that task seriously. He took it to heart. And we look back on his life, we look at his prophetic work, and no doubt he was able to weather the storm of religious and political turmoil and preach exactly what God wanted him to preach. I want to turn your attention, if you have your Bibles, with you to Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6. I mentioned to you earlier that this is one of the great chapters in the entire book of Isaiah. It's one that really speaks of the holiness of the Lord. And I want to share with you two quick thoughts from this, and then this podcast will be yours. And hopefully we can take some lessons from this and apply them to our lives. I want you to notice in the first place, in verses 1 through 7, that Isaiah recognized the situation. Let's read it. Let's put ourselves into this text. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I, this is Isaiah speaking, said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongues from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged. Isaiah recognized the magnitude of this situation. The king had died, and now we see that Isaiah is being called to be a prophet. Now, it's important to note that in today's, right now, we think about how people are called. Well, there's not a small, still voice. There's not this voice that comes through in the middle of the night. Certainly not a miraculous event like this for Isaiah to be able to see such a vision. 
We're all called by the gospel, 2 Thessalonians 2.14, and that is God's power unto salvation, Romans 1.16. I wanted to make that clarification before we move forward. But here in this text, Isaiah is being called to be a prophet. Notice that he, he sees the holiness of God. He's, he's struck with the holiness of the Lord. And it is my uh, understanding, based on what we find in the book of John, that this is referring to the second person of the Godhead, who is here on the throne, the Lord of hosts. You think about what Isaiah said here. Did he not recognize this situation? We see that he's examining himself. He said, woe is me, for I am undone. I am a man of unclean lips. He recognized this This is an awesome, awesome moment for him. But in the second place, I want you to notice that he responded with service. He responded with service. Let's look at verses 8 through 10. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Notice that the whole Godhead is is involved in this. Then I said, Here am I, send me. What an incredible example that we have in Isaiah. Did he recognize this was a tall task? Absolutely. But we all need to be able to say like he did, Here am I, Lord, send me. And he said, verse 9, Go and tell this people, Keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy. Shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and return and be healed. You know what's amazing about that is that much like Ezekiel, we're going to notice him in a few episodes from now, Lord willing. God wanted them to see His holiness. He wanted them to to be inspired by the awesome moment of recognizing that. And once they were able to get a glimpse of the holiness of God, then they would be ready to go and do His work. And again, you see that with Ezekiel. Here we see it with Isaiah. He recognized the situation. He recognized the awesome moment. But then he responded with service. Here am I, send me. Now, we think about this, and we live in a society that strives for the comforts. We've become complacent in many ways. God tells Isaiah, he doesn't sugarcoat it. He doesn't beat around the bush. You're going to a people, and their hearts are dull. Their ears are heavy. Their eyes are shut. You know, they claim to see, they claim to hear, but but they're not. It's very interesting that this text here in verse 10 When you go to the New Testament, you're going to find this over and over and over again, especially in the gospel accounts, as they quote from this. You know, the Jews had their their eyes closed, their ears were closed. Here's the Messiah right in front of them. They had everything they needed to know, over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament pointing to the coming Messiah, and yet they still missed it. He came into his own, and they received him not, John 1.11. But here's Isaiah responding with humble service. Did he have a difficult task ahead of him? Did he have to weather all kinds of storms? Oh, yes. But he remembered the holiness of God. He remembered his mission, mission, and he stayed true to proclaiming the message. And friends, that's exactly what we must do if we're going to be pleasing to God. I'd like to close with two quick points of application. Number one, Christians have a tall task in preaching an unpopular message in a time of political and religious turmoil. And make no mistake about it, Our world is in that right now, political and religious turmoil. But you know what can heal all of that? You know what can turn everything around for the better? 
It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we as Christians have a great responsibility to go and proclaim it. If they don't hear it, that's not your fault. In fact, successful evangelism is proclaiming the truth in a way that others can understand it. And then it's up to them what they do with the truth. But if we don't go and preach it, how in the world will they ever be saved? How in the world will they ever come to that knowledge of the truth? Romans 10, 13-17 So like Isaiah, we need to recognize the situation. Is it going to be difficult? Yes. But will God be with us every step of the way and bless us? Absolutely. Second and finally, as we bring our episode to a close, we, like Isaiah, must be able to do what the Lord would have us to do and trust Him even in the midst of the storm. When you read through the book of Isaiah, you see him delivering woes and delivering these crushing blows to nations, telling them what's coming. He proclaimed the message of God. He did so with love, but he did so with boldness and with courage. And dear Christian, it's time for us to step up and do the same. Yes, we live in strange times. Yes, it's challenging times. Yes, we're in this storm of religious and political turmoil in this country especially. But let's go forth and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ and trust that God's word will not return unto him void. Isaiah 55 and verse 11. I thank you so much for listening today. I hope and pray that this episode will be helpful for you. And I hope that we'll all be encouraged by the example of Isaiah who recognized the situation and responded with humble service all to the glory of God. May God bless you as you strive to weather the storm. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.